Amen. Amen. Well, we have been in a series that we called Accepted and uh, been in this for some time. If you missed out on the earlier messages, I encourage you to go back. They're on the website. There's video, audio. Uh, it's on a podcast. Go back and listen to them because we're not going to cover everything we've covered. We're going to build on what we've covered now or up till this point. But we're going to continue on uh, in this today. Let's look at Ephesians 1 verse 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him, in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. The Bible says that we are accepted as children of God, as if we've received what Jesus did on the cross. See, God has paid the price for all men and women to come into his family through the sacrifice, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the only way to actually have that experientially, to be in the family of God, is to accept what Jesus has done. The price has been paid, but you got to claim it. You know, we could understand this in the natural. You could get a notification in the mail that said, you've won such and such, you've won this amount of money. And if you didn't believe it, because, you know, you get a lot of junk mail, probably, if you're like us, we get a good amount of junk mail. Sometimes they'll say there's a check enclosed, you know, and it's a check to somebody else or whatever. But they're trying to get you to open the mail. But, you know, let's say it was real and you had won something somehow. If you said, I don't believe it. I'm not going to pick it up. I'm not, not going to get back with them. Then, even though it was there, you wouldn't partake of it. Well, that's the same thing with God. God, through Jesus, has paid for every person to be in the family of God. But we have to take what he did and say, I believe that. The Bible says, if we confess the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So when we do that, we are... A Christian. It's not because of the church you go to. It's not because of your family backgrounds. Not because your parents called themselves Christians. It's because we believe on Jesus. But when we do, the Bible says we're accepted in Him, accepted in the Beloved, which we read other translations. It, that that's Jesus. We accepted in His Son, Jesus. And so we've spent time going uh, uh, covering different aspects of this. Let's look really. Briefly, we looked at this last week, John 3, 16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. It says, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. 
He didn't send his son to condemn the world. We, we talked about this last week and spent some time. We're going to um, connect with what we talked about last week and go um, build on that. But we talked about condemnation last week. Notice it says here, God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world. Condemnation is not from God. Condemnation, we went over it in detail. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to last week's message. But condemnation, uh, in a nutshell, means not fit for use. Means, uh, you know, to be torn down. Means to be uh, berated. There's all kinds of words. It means you're not, you're not good thrown aside, you know, a condemned building. A condemned building means it's not fit for use. If somebody's condemned, it means, you know, in a sentence, it means they're guilty. There's a negative connotation. But we, as those, if we have trusted Jesus and are in the family of God, the Bible says there is no condemnation for us if we'll walk with Him, do what we know to do, there's no condemnation for us. Let's look at Romans 8, verse 1. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, how are you in Christ Jesus? What we said earlier. We've called on the name of Jesus. We believe that God raised Him from the dead. The Bible says, then you're saved. So if we're in Christ Jesus... It says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. If we'll do what we know to do, if we miss it, we go to God, we get it taken care of. If we, if somebody, if we deal with somebody else, don't do what we need to do, take care of it. There is no condemnation. We can, you can't, in other words, if you missed it five years ago, you should not be feeling condemnation over that. You made a mistake. You did something wrong. If you've brought it to God, taken care of it, then we need to walk free of feeling guilty and shame. We can walk free of that now. We can walk every day feeling good about our relationship with God. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Therefore, there is, no, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. There's no condemnation. So God is not condemning you. God is not the one who condemns. Now let's look at 1 John 3.18. I encourage you, if you didn't listen to last week's message, go back, listen to it. It will be a blessing to you. You can be free of condemnation. Today I want to get into some of the effects of condemnation, why it's so important that we're free of it. 1 John 3, verse 18 says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And, this, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, 
we have confidence toward God and whatever we ask we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And notice verse 20, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. See, if you do wrong, well, let's just back up and touch on this. Look at verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. Talking about love. Now, as a side point, we're going to talk about this because this is in context. Talking about love. In, in Romans 8.1, it says, if you don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There's no condemnation. Here it says, don't love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Verse 19, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Talking about walking in love. Verse 20, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. See, condemnation... If you feel condemned, your heart, it's not God condemning you, but your heart, your conscience will prick you if you do something that you shouldn't do. But the enemy will try to bring all kinds of false condemnation, beat you over the head for stuff you've done. But notice in verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. If you feel no condemnation, then you're confident. Confident toward God. In verse 22, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him. So if your heart doesn't condemn you, then you have confidence in God, and then whatever you ask, you receive. Well, how do you receive from God? You receive by faith. When we're feeling beat up and condemned, your faith is hindered. When we're feeling beat up, see it says your heart condemns you. Well, faith is of the heart. So if you're feeling beat up, your faith is hindered. And even though Jesus has provided, or God has provided through Jesus everything you need, you will be hindered in reaching out and grabbing you by faith. God has not changed. How do you receive from God? By works? No, by faith. But when you're feeling condemned, your, your confidence is lacking. You... You won't have the confidence, if you're letting condemnation hit you, you won't have confidence to reach out and receive what's yours. And you won't ask of God and receive. See, this is why Satan wants you to feel condemnation. It's not just so he can go, oh, I got you to feel condemnation. It's because it will cripple you. You won't, you won't reach out and receive what God has for you. If you're walking around feeling beat up all the time, feeling condemned, you know, like we talked about, you did something five years ago and you've never felt right since. You've tried to bring it to God. You've said, I'm sorry, God. I, 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 you know, I, I did that wrong. And 
If you, we'll get into this, I believe, but we talked about it some last week. If you, if you have dealt with it and brought it to God and said, Lord, that was wrong. You separated yourself from it. He's forgiven you, cleansed you. Then you need to go on and be confident in your relationship with God and go boldly before Him. But what the enemy would like you, what he would like you to do is keep you condemned. And you realize there are people, they, they've, they've, they've asked God to forgive them. They've said that was wrong, but they don't feel like they're forgiven. And they feel beat up because the enemy will feed you thoughts. You did that. You did that. You did that. Well, we can't go by what we feel. We can't go by what the thoughts. We need to resist the thoughts. If he can keep a person bound and uh, feeling guilty, even though God has completely cleansed him and forgiven him, he will. And so somebody can be forgiven, they're cleansed, but they're saying, I, I just don't feel like I'm right. And, and how could I get anything from God? Even though... In God's sight, they're clean, they're free, and everything He has for them is there for the taking, but they won't take it. They don't have any confidence. Don't have any faith. See, these things all work by faith. How do you receive forgiveness? By faith. What's your basis? God said that if you came to him, he'd forgive you. And he said, you're clean. Well, what if I don't feel like it? It has nothing to do with it. The Bible says, if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, what, what if somebody does that and they just say, well, I just don't feel saved? What does that have to do with it? If God said... If you do this, you're saved, then, then what are you? If you did that from the heart, then you're saved. Well, what if you came to God and you know you missed it? You know you did something wrong. You came and you asked for forgiveness and he says, you're clean. Let's just go ahead and read it. We're going to jump down to 1 John 1, 9, or 1, 8. And we'll probably come back up. 1 John 1.8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So if, if we brought something to Him, confess means you acknowledge. You say, Lord, that, that was wrong. I missed it. Now, he said he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So what does that mean? Then if somebody has come, they confess their sins, then in God's sight, they're forgiven and they're cleansed, right? According to what? According to what he said. So then when we go on, should we feel still condemned about that? Should we still feel guilty or should we feel or should we line up with the word of God and agree with what he said? What if our feelings tell us you're not forgiven? 
Is that greater than God's word? No. See, if your heart will, if you did something wrong as a Christian, your heart will let you know. Now, if it's not letting you know, don't make something up. Because the devil will go, well, you did that wrong. Okay, you need to know. And we talked about this last week, so I don't want to reiterate everything. But what, what scripture did you violate? See, the New Testament law is the law of love. You know when you didn't walk in love for, with somebody. You know if you said something wrong to somebody. You know that inside you know it. If you don't know it, then don't go try to fabricate something that I, you know, well, gosh, I wonder what I did wrong. You wake up in the morning, gosh, I did, I don't, did I do something wrong yet? Did I do something wrong? Surely I've done something wrong by now. It's 1030. But you can get in the mode where you're looking for something wrong all the time. What does that do to your faith? It decimates it because you feel like, I can't do anything right. If we're not careful, we're going to be cast down when it comes to God. Well, that's not faith. That's not looking up. That's not confidence. Let's go back to um, 1 John 3, verse 20, and then we'll go on from here. 1 John 3, 20. It says, If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence. So we do. If we, took, if we did something that we know is wrong, take care of it. Just take care of it. Go before God and say, Lord, that was wrong, and get it taken care of. You can't go around and act like you didn't do anything wrong. Your, your heart's going to prick you. And it should. As a Christian, your heart is the voice of your conscience. So if we just say, oh, it doesn't matter anything I do, then the problem with that is your heart will, con will convict you. It will condemn you. It's not, it's not even God. God has, he has paid the price for you, but your heart will let you know you did something wrong. Well, what do you do? Just squash it and say, no, I, I didn't do anything? No, if you know you did something wrong, take care of it. If it's with God, take care of it. Now, when you go forward, and we talked about this some last week too, we need to act on the Word of God in this area as strongly as in any area. We need to believe what God has said in His Word about who we are, who we are to Him, that we're accepted, and if we did something that we, that we shouldn't have done, we need to put it behind us and be confident going forward. Otherwise, the condemnation, it'll cripple us. Look at Psalm 101, uh, verse 1. Actually, before we do that, let's go back to, we didn't read this. 1 John 3, verse 21 in the Amplified Classic. Let's look at that. It says, And beloved, if our consciences, our hearts, do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God. Let's read it again. Beloved, if our consciences see our heart, what's your heart? That's your spirit, man. 
What are we talking about? Talking about being accepted before God. Well, some people, this is where people trip up a lot. I, I, I just don't feel like God has accepted me. I don't feel like He loves me. I don't feel like He would answer my prayers. It's not about feeling, it's about what He said in His Word. If our consciences, our heart, do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God. Well, if you have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness for, before God, you are going to get what you need from God. If you come and say, I come before you, I believe you, I trust you, I believe what your word says, that's faith. How do we receive from God? By faith. But if you come and say, I know I don't deserve anything, I know I'm low, I know I did this wrong, and I did this wrong, and I did this yesterday, and you're drudging up everything, what you're saying is you're going to talk yourself right out of, of receiving anything from God, and Satan will help you. He'll be right there. Oh yeah, you don't deserve, there's no way. You're not going to get it. If we listen to that, we'll be talked out of everything that God has for us. Even though Jesus has bought, paid for it, it's ours. If we don't reach up and take it with the hand of faith, we won't have it. If our consciences, our heart, do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God. Look at Psalm 101. Verse 1, it says, I will sing of mercy and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. I will behave wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. In the Amplified Classic, it says, I will walk within my house in integrity and with a blameless heart. Doesn't mean you're doing everything perfect. It means you're walking before God. If you do something, you bring it to Him. If you miss it, you bring it to Him. But you walk with a blameless heart. Well, if your heart is blameless, if you're walking free and clean, and you walk in the knowledge of God's Word, you realize that Jesus is your foundation, you realize if you miss it, you bring it before God and you're clean, then you're going to have confidence when you come before God. No way around it if your conscience is bothering you. You can try to come before God and try to squash it, but it's going to bother you. That's what's wrong with teaching that just said it doesn't matter what you do. Jesus, God has not changed through Jesus, but your heart is going to condemn you. And so what people try to do is they put their conscience down. The Bible says you can sear your conscience. You push it down and say, no, it's not wrong, not wrong, not right. Don't try to go that way. Just say, I was wrong, I missed it, and receive forgiveness and receive cleansing so you can come boldly before God. See, Satan is a thief. Let's look at John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10. Just real briefly, just so we can mention, we'll put it up on screen. It says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, Jesus is saying this, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. See, the, the devil is a thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Notice he comes to steal. This is one of the ways he steals. If he can get you feeling condemnation, this is one of the reasons. See, he'll try to get you to step out of what God has for you to do. He'll try to get you 
to sin. Why? So he can go, goody, goody, I got them to fall. No. That he's trying to get you to disconnect yourself from God. Because if he can get you into condemnation, then you won't have confidence to get what you need from God. He'll, he'll divide you. And if he can get you separated, beat you up over what you did, or try to get you to say, oh, there's no problem, but you know you're trying to stuff it, you'll run away from God anyway. Either way, what's his goal? Separate you. Now we're talking about you're accepted. We are accepted in the beloved. We are accepted by what Jesus did. But this is one of the ways Satan tries to steal everything that God has given to us through Jesus. If he can get you into condemnation, he can steal your confidence, he can rob you of faith, even though the word hasn't changed, rob you of the confidence to take what's yours. It's there, but you'll be like, ah, because why? You're condemned. So he'll try to come at you this way. God has come that we may have and enjoy life, it says there. You can't enjoy life if you're always guilty and condemned. You ever felt guilt? You ever felt when you knew, let's say when you were growing up, you did something you knew you shouldn't have done. You knew it. You know, when you're growing up. I remember one time, I'm not going to go into the details, but there was this one time, I know, I felt guilt over something. And you just, life is not right. You know you should tell your parents, or you know I did this wrong. You know, your conscience, anybody know what I'm talking is just bugging you. It's bothering you. You're, you're feeling, I know I need to do what's right. Well, you're not enjoying life at that point. The enemy's goal is to get you to feel like that all the time, even if you've done nothing wrong. And he's used religion a lot to do it, because religion will tell you there's always something wrong with you, even if there's not. doesn't matter, even if you're doing what you know to do, even if you haven't done anything you know is wrong, but you still aren't measuring up somehow. Try to get you to feel guilty get you to feel ashamed. Because if you do that, you're not going to feel, you're not going to come boldly before God. You're not going to feel right with God. You're not going to receive. You're going to feel guilty, condemned, beat up. We're not going to be free to receive everything that God has for us. And if we yield to condemnation, we'll constantly disqualify ourselves from what God has for us. You can be excited about God's will for your life. You can be excited about what He has for you. You can know the truth of God's Word. And then you stumble. You do something you shouldn't have done. Or you just didn't have the perfect day. You didn't do everything that you thought you should do. Didn't attain to what you've put up in your head is what you think you should do. And Satan will come and steal from you the confidence that you are to have in receiving from God. So you are, you've heard the word, you've seen what the word says, 
you're, you're excited, and then you stumble. And you know what the enemy will do? Jump up, ah, that's great if you could do it right, but you're not doing it right. And so you're disqualified. You messed up. And you know what he'll try to get you to do? Stop right there and not go any further. I mean, you could have spent a week in a seminar hearing the word, feel like you saw something that you've never seen before. You're, you feel like, oh, this is it. I, I see this. I, I've never seen it before. I see it so clearly. Oh, I, I mean, the revelation, it's there. I, see, I mean, I've had these things in the past, but I see it this time. You walk out the doors, done with the week. You get in the car, and before you get home, you get in an argument, or you say a sharp word, or somebody cuts you off, and you get mad at them, and the devil will immediately jump on you and say, that'd be nice if you could walk in that, but you just don't have it together enough. You will never walk in everything God has for you, and beat you up if you let him. And everything that you received, all the word that you received, it's right there. He's trying to steal it. He's trying to get to, to jar you to take it away. Get it so that you won't, you're like, oh, I thought, uh, but, and get you to look at yourself, yield to the condemnation and feel like, what's the use? I heard the word. I thought I was going to be different, but I messed up. If he can stop you right there, he will. I mean, you could leave, you don't have to be a whole seminar. You could just leave a service and the Spirit of God touched you, the Word changed you, you saw something. And right away, he'll try to steal that. What's the answer? Well, you want to walk as closely with God as you can. You do. Why? Because there's more at stake than just, oh, you did something wrong. See, religion has told you, oh, it's just a black mark against you. No, what's at stake? Satan tries to get you to trip up so he can beat you up and separate from what you from what God has for you. So number one, yes, we want to walk as close to God as we can. Do what we know to do. Walk in line with the heart. But if we miss it, the answer is not to stop and go, oh, I missed it. Now you're, you're dumb. Why did you do that? Oh, you're never going to. No, that's, that's going to pull you further away from what God has for you. What do we do? Lord, I missed it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, he cut me off. The guy cut me off in the road, and I didn't say what I should have. But, Lord, I'm sorry. That was wrong. Please forgive me. And go on and not get into condemnation. It could be any number of things. But confidence, your confidence is at stake. The enemy will try to beat you up so that you don't grab a hold of what God has for you. And he will fight you here. We need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. And we need to know what the word says about us walking in this life. If you let mistakes beat you up, then you will separate yourself from what God has for you. Every person has to do the same thing. We have to be able to, we have to know that we're the righteousness of God and where our uh, confidence in God should come from. Because otherwise, if you miss it, 
it'll be stolen from you. And it, the, the cycle will repeat. Condemnation will not help you at all get to where you need to be. If you, it, see, that's a form of penance. People feel, religion has taught people, that if you mess, mess up, you have to pay for it with God. You got to work it off. Bible doesn't teach that. Bible says you ask for forgiveness and you're forgiven. So you beating yourself up is a form of penance. If I beat myself up, then what will Okay, so when you get done beating yourself up and feeling condemned, whether it's 5 minutes later, an hour later, end of the day, the next day, how has anything changed for the better? Basically, what will happen is you wear yourself out. You get to where you can't go forward. You know that it's not doing any good. You felt guilty, you know. Maybe you binged on a bunch of food. Maybe you watched something, you know, you shouldn't have done. Whatever. What has changed for the better? How did that help? It didn't help anything. It didn't make you closer to God. It just is like, eventually, this not doing any good. God, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just going to believe what? The Bible? That you're righteous? What, I mean, what changes is my point. Because some people will stay there for three weeks. I missed it again. I'm never going to get there. Well, you're never going to get there if you stay in that mess. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Condemnation will keep you in the same place. And eventually, if you're going to move forward, you get up and what? Believe the word? Oh, Lord, okay, I just trust you and get up. We could do that immediately and not waste all that time. And you know what happens then? You'll actually move forward. Because if you beat yourself up, the next time you miss it, you just go down the same road. The worse you beat yourself up, the more you're going to stay in the same cycle. But if you realize that that is a tactic to keep you from the will of God, and that the Bible says... You come before God, you take care of it, and you're cleansed. Now you can separate yourself from, from it and go on. What's the biggest hurdle? Your feelings, your emotion. Your, and the Satan will help you and say, what? You're just going to get up and do that? What? You did this. You should feel bad for the next three days, at least. You shouldn't. You don't have the right to go forward. See, it, it's, it's emotion. It's feelings. What do we need to do? Stand up and go, no, the word says, if, yeah, I missed it. I did the wrong thing, but I came before God and God says, I'm clean. God says, I'm free. So I'm going to choose to believe what he said and I'm going forward. And you can't have a good day now. You missed it. Watch me. I'm going to have a good day. And that's where the battle is. He's trying to get you. No, you, you need to feel bad. You need to feel bad. You need to just stay there and just beat yourself up. And you, you standing up and go, no, the word says, no, God accepts me. It's just as if I never sinned. Now, if you need to deal with somebody else, you go to them and say, I was wrong. Forgive me. This is how Satan knocks people off 
to get you to feel like there's no hope. I can't go forward. Why? Because your emotion tells you you should do something. We've been religiously brainwashed. And God says, you're clean. So we come before him and go, Lord, I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful that I'm clean. And stay there and push off condemnation. Let's look at Psalm 103.11. We need to be strong and exercise faith here so that your faith will be strong to receive whatever you need from God. Psalm 103.11 says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy to those who fear Him. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His mercy. He's a merciful God. We need to just be thankful. Oh, Lord, man, I missed it, but thank God you're a merciful God. It says, verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far he has He removed our transgressions from us. Well, how far is the east from the west? Not talking about a globe. You just go, you can't, they don't touch. As far as the east is from the west, God has removed it, our sin from us, our transgressions from us. We looked at 1 John where it said, He cleanses us of all unrighteousness. See, we have to be bold there and strong there and say, I'm free. I'm free. I believe what God's Word says. Yeah, but I, you know, your feelings will come. Satan will come and say, no, but, but, but you did this. But you should feel bad. Right there, we have to go to the Word and say, oh no, He has forgiven me. It says here, He's removed my transgression from me. Now, in the midst of all this, we're talking about if you actually did something. If you didn't do anything, then you really need to just drop it and go on. And we talked about that some. We, if, if you didn't, Satan will try to come and beat you up over nothing. Well, you didn't, you didn't dot your eye here. Who said I had to dot the eye? Is God asking me to dot the eye? You know, Brother Hagin gives some, some stories about this and said, if you, if you listen to some people, you will always feel condemned about something all the time. You can't listen to what everybody thinks you should do. He gave, he, he gave, now this is Brother Hagin. That worldwide affected the world. Internationally. And there was this person in one of his crusades, wrote them a note and said, God is not using you. You wear jewelry and not all your women have long hair. I think Brother Hagin was used by God. What do you think? Somebody saying, oh, no, he's not using you because you wear a watch. They're, they're messed up in their doctrine. They're taking Scripture out of context. context. But if, if, if Brother Hagin, how many of you think Brother Hagin should have listened to that? No, that's garbage. Toss it onto the side. But if he would have, you get into, how many other things do you get into where... Could he have gotten to where people are saying you should do this or that? What's God saying? 
He gave another example where this woman in one of his crusades had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit and was speaking in other tongues. She was, she was raising her hands and she was praising God in other tongues and had to take a break and sit down after like 15 minutes. And so then she was just thanking God in English for uh, filling her with the Holy Spirit. And so this man that was in a different area happened to walk by at that time and heard her speaking in English and looked at her and said, if you'll get rid of that wedding band, God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And Brother Hagin heard him and came up to him and ushered him away and said, Brother, he already filled her with the Holy Spirit. Why don't you go over here? Wedding band and all, he said. <laughs> you can't take what everybody else says as what you should do. I remember reading in Joyce Meyer's books, I heard her years ago, saying she got to the point in her life where it was like everything that anybody taught as something that they did or their schedule or their whatever they did, she took it as a law to do in her own life and was under so much condemnation and guilt all the time because she's trying to do everything that anybody ever mentioned you should do for God. And it was crushing her. We're not supposed to do what everybody else is telling us to do. You will feel condemned if you think, you know, you think you're doing well with God. And somebody said, well, I do this. And Satan has said, well, you should do that too. It may be something you should do. Let God, if it's in the word, of course. But if it's contrary to the word, of course, toss it away. But if it's something neutral, God may be leading somebody else to do something. Doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. Got to be led. But no, if it's something like that, you need to, we need to toss that away. We can't, because condemnation, if you feel like you should be doing something, God hasn't dealt with you to do it, and you're not violating Scripture by not doing it, then let Him show you to do it. Don't, don't feel condemned and go off the rails and feel like you should be doing something and let Satan steal from you. Hebrews 10, 16 says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. But he said, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. We need to realize Jesus is the foundation. He is the reason we are righteous. And if we miss it, we bring it to Him and we receive cleansing and forgiveness. Now next verse, verse 19 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil, that is, His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Drawing near to God, knowing who we are, knowing what Jesus has done, knowing the word, and come with a, full, a heart full 
in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. What's an evil conscience? Feeling guilty all the feel time, feeling beat up all the time, feeling like you don't measure up all the time. But the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from that. If we know what the Word says, know what He's done, we can come and come boldly and say, no, I'm not falling into guilt all the time. I'm not living condemned and guilty all the time. I'm coming boldly with full assurance, knowing God accepts me. He's pleased with me. And what He says in His Word is mine. Satan will fight this. He's trying to rip the word and rip all Jesus has done for you away. If he can't keep you from getting saved, he's going to try to keep you from enjoying the benefits. We, but we are ignorant of his devices. We come back with the word and say, no, no. No, I thank you, Lord, for what you've done. I thank you that I'm cleansed in you. I thank you that I can come boldly before your throne. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed from the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When do you need the help? When you need it. When it, you need to come when you need it. Not, you know, you're needing help and you're like, well, I just don't know. I, I, I did this and that. And you need the help then. Maybe you didn't do everything perfect. You need to know what the Word says so you can go, wait, Lord, I, I'm taking care of this, but I come boldly now. He, the Bible says He knows what we're dealing with. He's perfect. You're not. Doesn't matter if you amen that or not. It's true. None of us are. When you need the help the most is when Satan is trying to beat you up. Oh, you don't qualify for the help. No, why do we have Jesus then? Why do we have a saint? We need to know that God has provided in Jesus the ability to receive what He has provided in spite of our imperfections. No, we don't run in trying to get into everything and trying to do stuff we're not supposed to do. But if we fail, if we miss it, we need to come boldly and say, Lord, I, yeah, I missed it. I separate myself. I'm still qualified in you. I've dealt with it, and to know that, and to be assured, and experience the love and the grace of, the, of God in the midst of pressure, in the midst of circumstances. Otherwise, what good is it? You only get to experience God when you're perfect. Not saying you should run and just do everything wrong, but if that's the case, if that's the way we think, and we're thinking, well, I got to do everything perfect, and in my mind, like I said, and, and if, if somebody tells me to do something, oh, I got to do that too. Well, you get to where you maybe feel like you can approach God like three minutes out of the month. That's the only time you feel confident. That's a sure sign we're, look, we're walking in works. We're, we're not walking according to the Word. We're walking according to feelings. We're walking according to religion. But if we are walking 
according to what the Word says, and following after God, and letting our heart be after Him. And if we miss it, we deal with it. And we go on. We can walk boldly all the time with God and receive from Him when we need it. Amen? God is a faithful God. He's a good God. He loves us. And He's provided so much through Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, we pray.